This morning, I'm going to start a, a small series again. The context of the, of the series is going to be based on John chapter 21, verses 15 through 17, and we'll read that in a few minutes. But today, I want to talk about questions. I want to talk about questions. We're going to be asking ourselves some uh, very real, pertinent, and meaningful questions throughout this day. And, and I think we have to recognize that questions really are a part of our life, whether we realize it or not. We ask questions every day. God uses questions powerfully in the lives of his believers. And that's what this whole today is going to be talking about, is understanding the need for questions. So to set this up, we need to understand the power of questions and how they're used. And, and the, in fact, the power of questions is so powerful, it can either be constructive or it can be destructive. And so we want to talk about the power of questions today, and we need to understand more about them. It is interesting to know that questions always invoke a reaction. Questions always evoke a reaction, and they can be very different. One can give an immediate answer without thinking anything as unusual as if you're in a normal course of conversation. And we use questions a lot as we're conversing with each other. Questions can result in a well-thought-out answer, um, a good answer. Some other reactions can be a a truthful answer or a false answer or a partially truthful answer. Questions evoke responses of various kinds. Or you may simply just refuse to answer the question, depending on the, on the question. And one can be offended because someone had the audacity to even ask the question in the first place. So questions really are important as we converse and as we communicate one of the things that I think we can pick, on, pick up for sure based upon how the question is, is asked and then how it's answered is to um, how is the rest of the conversation going to go? Is it going to be a cordial conversation or not? <laughs> or is, even, is, is it even going to continue? In a general sense, why do we ask questions? Why do we ask questions? Well, we ask questions to get an answer or to gather information. We ask questions to... Um, get someone to think about their actions or maybe their beliefs. Or we ask questions, in some cases, to cause problems. Questions can cause a lot of issues. Or we can ask questions to make a point of an issue. But let me ask this question. Did Jesus ever ask questions? In my studying over the week, I found out that somebody counted I didn't do it, but somebody counted that in the Gospels, Jesus asked over 300 questions. Jesus asked a lot of questions. Why, why do you think he asked so many? Does, is it because Jesus didn't know? We find out that he often answered questions by asking questions. It's an interesting thought, isn't it? that he often answered questions by asking questions. And, you know, that's a really good way for us to understand the question better and more important about the person if we ask another question to confirm maybe the question. What, what do you mean by that question? In many cases, the motive behind the question can be found out if we ask a question about the question. Certainly, Jesus understands that, and, that and, and, he, and he used questions very wisely in his conversation with people to really get to the heart of the issue with people. He used questions a lot to, to 
for the person to even understand why I'm even asking the question. Sometimes the person that is the asker may not even know why they're asking questions. There's a, there may be an alternative motive here, and by asking a good question can help clarify the question in, in the first place. We all know that Jesus was truly a master communicator. There was no better communicator in the world than Jesus, and he saw the power of a good question. A good question can really help us promote good communication if we're willing to use it wisely. So why did Jesus ask questions? Well, Jesus asked questions to provoke transformation in people's lives. Jesus asked questions for awareness of situations in people's lives. Jesus asked questions to confront the listener, sometimes with their own thoughts, their own preconceptions, their assumptions and beliefs. Uh, Jesus used questions as a way to narrow the, the focus as to what the person was really talking about. And I think the main reason that Jesus used questions was to help the person better understand themselves and to find the real purpose in life. Now, here's the beautiful thing about Jesus is that he understands that the real purpose in life is not just about what we get out of this life, but it is about repentance, and it's about relationship with his Father. Truly, the Lord wanted relationship, and Jesus wanted to provide a way that we could have relationship with his heavenly Father. And his point of asking questions was bringing us to a point of repentance and a point that we would recognize that our need for him, our need for forgiveness of our sin, our need for the fact that we need more than what we can give in ourselves. We need a fuller revelation of who God is. And questions helped Jesus get to the point in his followers and his listeners' lives. And he's still asking questions of us today. Does that make sense? Do we understand the purpose of a question? And how we use the questions and how we bring up the questions are really important. So let's go to our text this morning. And our text says, in John chapter 21, beginning at verse 15, it says, After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. And Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Let's pray. Father, help us now to understand questions. Help us understand the importance and the significance of these questions. Help us to understand the significance of the questions that you ask us. I just pray that you give us revelation knowledge in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to talk over the next weeks more about the question, about do you love me? But today I want to understand, I want to talk about the significance of the fact that Jesus even asked the question of Peter. In today's culture, questions are interesting. People are very quick to become offended if anyone dare ask a question of them. If it doesn't make any difference quite often what the question is. The fact that someone would actually raise a question, that in itself is enough for some people to be offended. That why would you even ask me a question? Who are you to ask me the question? 
And I hope that we can gain a better understanding today for the need of a good question and how we should respond to good questions because as we respond to questions, it's going to really uncover some things in our life. Why am I offended? Why do I not want a question of my life? If we're really going to have any chance of learning and improving our life, our quality of life in this short life that we live, and even considering our eternal life, we're really going to have to accept the fact and the need that we're going to have to allow Christian people, good people, to ask us questions. I can't run from the question. Taking an offense to a question is a good indicator that there's something wrong in my life that I want to cover up. For me to be offended that someone would even ask me a question probably indicates that there's something there you're trying to hide. Something there that you're trying to keep just to yourself. And I hope that that would give you an indicator to think, why am I offended for the fact that somebody is asking me a question? Let me say this about questions. A good answer will always substantiate a good question. You understand what that means? If you have a good answer, then they can ask any question they want, and you're not going to be offended by it. Because a good answer will substantiate or stand up to a good question. It's only when you're not comfortable with the answer that you're giving are you offended with a question. I hope we're trying to get this. So we must allow Christian leaders and family, close family and friends, to, to ask questions if, in fact, we're going to grow and if, in fact, we're going to uh, uh, allow our lives to be shaped by Christ. We need to allow the questions to come in and we need to actually invite them into our lives if, if we're going to be accountable. Part of the problem we don't like questions is because they make us accountable to something. And I don't, if you're like me, well, sometimes we rise up against accountability. We don't like that. So if I'm not willing to be accountable to another Christian person, then I'm making myself extremely vulnerable to the enemy. If I'm rising above a person's questions because I don't want to be accountable to a Christian brother or sister, then I'm giving the enemy an inroad. I'm giving him a green light to attack because I'm not allowing good questions to come in my life to try to help me get through to those issues of really what's going on in me. Maybe I'm covering something up. You may think you're covering up, but understand the enemy knows. Understand that God knows. We can't hide from God. And quite often we can't hide from the enemy either because he knows what's going on with my life when the, clothes, when the doors are closed and it's just me. So I can try to hide from myself and I can try to hide from others, but we're not hiding from the spiritual world. So a person that is unwilling to be questioned or or held to any higher level of, account, of, of, of scrutiny or accountability is really a person that can be deemed unteachable and possibly even unreachable. Dangerous places to be. Can you think of another word that could be used for this type of a person that is unteachable because he doesn't want to be asked a question? The word that came to my mind as I was studying this this week is the word prideful. A person can be too prideful, too much pride in their life that they could be asked a question. And I think it's very clear that God's word is very, very adamant about pridefulness in a person's heart. Um, in fact, uh, let's look at a couple passages. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 12. I'm sorry, verse 2. Pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. 
pride leads to disgrace. Proverbs 13.10, pride leads to conflict. Those who take advice are wise. Proverbs 16.18, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Mark 7.20, 20 and 23. And then he added, it is what comes from inside that defiles you. For from within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceitful, lustful desires, envy, slander. It's a big list of pretty bad things, right? And included with that is pride. Pride and foolishness. All these vile things come from within. They are what defile you. So if there's, a, if there's a prideful, arrogant spirit about you, you're wrapped up here with a bunch of other bad things. <laughs> this is pride. You can't separate it from the other evil things of the world. And then Proverbs 16.5 gives us the, the most serious area of, of pride, and that is God will judge the prideful. Proverbs 16.5, the Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this. They will not go unpunished. So God will judge the proud, and it will not be a good day for them. So remember, pride is a bad thing. If you're sensing pride in your heart, deal with it. Uh, Satan became Satan because pride entered his heart, and he was cast from heaven. Pride is really the original sin. It's the thing that caused the rebellion in heaven because prior to that, Lucifer was one of the greatest, if not the greatest, archangel, the worship leader of angel of, of heaven, per se. And pride got into his heart. It's hard to know how that came. Where did it come from? I don't know. We don't, well, that's not the point of this conversation. But the fact is, something rose up within him that said, I can be like God. In fact, I want to be God. Pride came in, and then at that point, God said, not here, <laughs> not in my house. Um, so he cast him out. And uh, that's where sin comes from. And uh, not a good place to be. So if pride is in something, if you're seeing something in your heart uh, that could be prideful, I encourage you to deal with it. And if a question could become offensive to you, I would encourage you to look at it as, is there pride in my heart? Is there something in me that's keeping me from being open and honest? So taking a look back at the text this morning, uh, Jesus asked Peter a very basic question. Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Now, there's so much to discuss here. We're not going to be able to get to it all today. Um, that's why we're going to break it into uh, different parts. But for today, I want to focus on the fact that Jesus even felt comfortable raising the question with Peter about love. Peter, do you love me? The whole purpose of today's message is to help us understand that questions are good for us. They're good for us. The more we invite accountability type of questions in our life, the better we are positioned to win the spiritual battle. And Peter was in the process. Peter was in the throes of a spiritual battle in his life at that point in time. The enemy hates it. Can I just say this? The enemy hates it when God uses his spiritual weapons against him. The enemy just goes ballistic when we can refrain from being sucked in to his strategies, and we use God's spiritual weapons. So the, the enemy uses the weapons of the flesh to destroy us. And I will can I say this, and I think maybe you, hopefully you'll agree, that the greatest weapon that he has is a weapon of offense. It's, it's very effective when he uses it to combat what the Holy Spirit would be using it for as a way to bring us accountability. The enemy, he will bring in the spirit of offense. 
So if a Christian brother or sister comes to me and raises up a good question, recognize the enemy who is going to come, and that's his, his strategy, is to make you offended that to someone to even ask you a question. We often, re- we often react uh, to a person to say, who are you to ask me a question? Who gave you the right to ask me a question? It's my life. I'll do with it what I want to do. Who are you to question what I'm doing with my life? It's none of your business what I do. Do you recognize any of these in your own life? I mean, these kind of questions. Does any, if anybody's come to you and asked a question, do you find yourself ever rising up with these kind of questions back to them or back to yourself? Where do they come from? Where do those, re- where do those reactions of the questions come from? Well, they don't come from the Holy Spirit. If they don't come from the Holy Spirit, then they're either coming from your, just your flesh or they're coming from the, from the enemy. And if they're coming from either the flesh or the enemy, then why do you want to validate them? Why do you want to give in to that kind of reasoning to say if, if somebody asks you a question and you feel an immediate sense of, why are you asking me that question? I think it's a good time to stop and say, okay, God, what are you trying to say to me? What are you trying to say to me? Something very important that we need to remember is that God uses people. He works through people to help people. Not that God can or hasn't at time talked to people directly, because he has, but I have not heard the, the, the direct voice of God. I don't, maybe you have, but I haven't. But God does talk to me through people and his word. Probably other way around. His word first and then through people. So if I'm having a conversation with somebody and a comment is made or a question's raised, they may not even know they're raising it. But God can use that conversation as a way to get into my spirit if I am open to hearing a comment or a question about maybe my life. That's a good thing, folks. That's a really good thing. Think of it this way. If, if my friends, if they're spirit-filled friends, then I could expect them. I should expect a spirit-filled brother to see through some of the things in my life to say, uh, Mike, are you okay? You doing all right? We should, be, we should expect that from our spirit-filled friends, don't you think? Now let me stop and just make one point here. I, I want to make sure that we don't um, take this too far because I think it's an important to recognize when is it appropriate for you to ask a question. When is it appropriate for you to ask a question of another person? We have to be careful that we're just not self-appointed as God's question givers. <laughs> because we have to be careful. We have to have a relationship with a person first. We have to have a, a built up a level of trust with someone. They need to know that I really love them. And I'm really more concerned about them than I am about me. So I want to just make a, a word of caution here that before we all go out of here and we start raising questions to people and think I have the rights to any question I want to ask, I think you have to make sure that you have a right relationship with that person before you start asking questions. Make sense? Because that's where, da- that's where questions can be really damaging and be very destructive if I think that I have the right just to go to anybody that I don't really have a good relationship with. I haven't proven myself before them. I haven't, I haven't earned their trust. I really don't have the right to ask many questions. But once I get to that point, once we have that brother-sister relationship, then at that point I think questions are fair game. And I think we need to use that as, and recognize that as iron sharpens iron, a man sharpens a brother, right? We sharpen each other, and we do that 
through good, solid questions. I want to encourage us as we look at questions, how we ask ourselves questions. And I think this may be the, most, the more difficult thing, is that we have to learn how we ask ourselves questions and hold ourselves accountable to a good answer. Because really, if I can't ask myself a question and expect a truthful answer, then I'm really um, on shaky ground in many ways. Psalm, the psalmist writes in the Psalm 139, beginning at verse 23, he writes, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of, of, of everlasting life. I need to be able to pray and ask the Lord to search my heart. Ask myself the question. And by, by me inviting the inquisition of the Lord into my life, now I'm in a position where I am able to make great spiritual strides in my spiritual life because I'm asking the Lord to do some searching in me. You do some work in my life and reveal some areas of my life and, and I need to ask the questions of myself. And these may be some of the toughest questions to ask. If people followed my example, the way I really lived, would that lead them to Christ? Ask yourself these kind of questions. If people really followed my example, would I be leading them to Christ? If people really knew my heart, meaning they knew what I thought, what I did, and why I did it, would I be embarrassed? If people really knew my heart, if they really knew what I was thinking, why I'm doing what I'm doing, these are some questions that I need to be asking of myself because these are the things that are important. What if everyone lived like me? What would the world be like? What would my home be like? What would my church be like? If everybody lived like me, would we have a good church? Tough questions. It's easy to expect others to be Christ-like and loving and giving and meeting the needs of others, but when it comes to me, maybe not so easy <laughs> because I have my concerns to take care of and I've got my issues to deal with. But boy, I sure is easy to expect somebody else to so what kind of questions are we holding ourselves accountable to? Paul knew the power of living a life to be an example. Philippians chapter 4, 9, Paul said, whatever you've learned or heard or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Paul wasn't afraid to put himself out as a leader because he knew where his heart was. And I'm sure in that process, Paul did a lot of self-evaluation, a lot of questions. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 31 and 33, and then skipping down to 11. It says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Don't give offense to Jews or Gentiles or the church of God. I, too, try to please everyone in everything I do. I just don't do what is best for me. I do what is best for others so that many may be saved. And here's the key verse. You should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. See, if folks, listen. I'm not Paul, and neither are you. But we need to be asking ourselves these kind of questions. Where am I leading people? What are they seeing in my life? Am I leading them to Christ by my actions? If everybody were like me, what would they be like? Serious and good questions. Jackie, would you come, please? 
we may not be like Paul. Clearly, he was different. And we, may, and we may say, well, we're not writing the New Testament as Paul did, but we are to be living it. We're to be living what he wrote, right? That's our job. So where are we at in regard to questions? Are we freely inviting questions of a Christian brother or sister in our life? And how are you responding to questions? I will say this as we're closing this morning, that I never outgrow the need for a question. You will never outgrow the need for a question in your life. The question is, are we inviting them? Are we desiring God to come in and do a self-evaluation every so often of our life? As we talk about the weeks, the questions in the weeks begin area following, we're going to start talking about the types of questions that Jesus asked about loving him. Very revealing questions. But for us today, I guess I just want to end the service to ask the question. How do you respond to questions? Do you want them? Or are you running from them? And I would encourage us all this morning to open our, our hearts and lives for a good, solid question. Father, I just come to you in Jesus' name. And Lord, this may seem like a very basic and very simple message, but there is so much power in this in that if we are resistant or if we're uh, running, if we're rejecting questions, God, I pray that you would let us know the fact that that is something that we're trying to hide then and it's damaging to us. We need to invite questions. We need to invite the presence of the Lord in our life in the form of a question to say, who are you, Mike? Who do you think you are? Why are you doing what you're doing? What do you expect as a, as, as a result of your actions and thoughts and processes. So God, I just pray that you would just open up our hearts and lives. And I just ask, Lord, that you would just give us a conviction that we would desire godly questions in our life. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Simple message today. Not complicated. But I think very powerful if we allow it to work into our lives today. And invite people to ask questions in your life. Amen. Be blessed.